Welcome to the Ocean Tribe Hangout, where we chat with water humans from across the world. We focus on passion, representation, and most importantly, inspiring the world to venture into the most beautiful place, the ocean. Let's tuck in. Today's guest is Katie Storr. She's a mermaid from the Bahamas. Katie is also an underwater photographer, a scuba diving instructor, works in coral conservation, and is an ambassador for Shark for Life. She joins us to talk about the ocean love, Black Lives Matter, what it means to be an ally. She gives us a little peek into her gear, and most importantly, we discuss representation. Let's get into it. A small reminder that our podcasts are audios that are extracted from my Instagram live interviews. So I do hope that you'd give us a little bit of grace because the stoke is real. Um, so be a bit patient with us as we find our way. But thank you for being here. Cheers. Katie, tell us about yourself. Like, I think that's always the most important thing. What's your thing? What is Katie's thing? What happens What's your life purpose? What's your waking up mantra? What's your thing? What's your thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I would I would have to say it's it's definitely my love for the ocean. I've immersed myself in that like like thoroughly. So I wake up and I think about it. I'm in it every day. I work on it. I'm underneath it. So it's like that's that would have to be my thing. Like, and that's that's why my name is Mermaid Katie. Um, basically because I feel like I am a mermaid because I'm always in the ocean. Um, this has actually been the longest time I've been out of the ocean because of the whole lockdown uh, situation. So I would I would say that that's my thing. Like I don't know anything else other than it. I, I mean I used to, I used to actually work in IT, but <laughs> yeah. I worked in IT that was like um for a while and then I quit that and ended up in the ocean and now everything is is wrong so <laughs> that's, that's that, yeah that's um, crazy though it is and then now it's more so I found the ocean through becoming an instructor and an underwater photographer and then I realized that there was a lack of education about it locally. So then I immersed myself in educating myself so I can educate others. So that's my purpose. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so phenomenal. But it's also such a change, like from IT to all the time in the water. That's just insane. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, my dad, I grew up with my dad being a boat captain. So I was always in the ocean, but I wouldn't say it became my thing until about maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah. So <laughs> that's actually crazy. So Afro Divers Go Deep says it seems like IT people are innately drawn to the ocean because I know that uh, he's also in the IT industry. Oh, and wow. He's recently moved into uh, scuba and he's just loving it. Yeah, it's I when I actually left my my job at the time, my my boss at the time, my manager, he was like, why would you do that? Like, you couldn't figure out. He's like, that makes no sense. Who leaves like it's this high paying job to become a dive instructor? He's like, that's that's insane. I don't he's like, are you sure he even gave me a raise? 
and I still laughed. <laughs> I just wasn't wasn't happy. So, <laughs> and that's and and now you are all the time. You're always happy. You're always in your vibe. Always in a space where your heart is right. just beaming, and you're living in there all the time. You just don't exactly. Need it. Yep. And then <laughs> when I drive home, it's like when I drive home, I see the ocean. When I fly in a plane, I see the ocean. So it's like it's everywhere. You know. It's so incredible. <laughs> So yeah. you've always been in the ocean. So your dad was a boat pilot. So you you've always been comfortable in the water. Yes, except That's for the fact that my my mom she can't swim. So <laughs> <laughs> my mom my mom can't swim, and my dad can't get enough of swimming. So it's it's quite interesting to grow up with both parents, but see different views on the ocean. Um, my mom loves it. She likes looking at it. Like she'll put her foot in, but she doesn't. She, she can't swim at all. So, so I thought we could start with photography. I mean, underwater photography is already like. I think it's the next level of things. So I love photography already. I live in the water, and now the next thing is to get a nice fancy housing so that you can get these incredible. <laughs> How did you get into it? And I mean, it's such a. In my experience, it's such a male-dominated industry. So tell us, like, I'd love to know how you got into it. Tell us about your gear. Tell us, tell us. Okay. Well, when I, like I said, when I left the IT industry, yeah. I got a job at a local dive shop, and I actually didn't get a job as a dive instructor at the time. I was literally just—I think I was a rescue diver. And I got hired as a rescue diver, and everybody was like, oh, she's not even an instructor, you know? So I ended up working in the photo lab at the dive shop. And so I wasn't an instructor yet. I started in underwater photography, which is kind of like the opposite. So I started off doing something completely, like, difficult because it was, like, underwater photography. I'd never held a camera underwater before in my life. Um, but I but I did do photography on land. So, um, you know, they took a chance on me. I did it, and I just became, like, awesome at it. Wow. And, yeah. And then I think in 2014, two years later, after I got the job, I ended up becoming a dive instructor. Okay. Um, Haley was, was one of my mentors. She's on here. Hi, Haley. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so... So, yeah, that's how I ended up getting into photography. Um, and then it just became my life. Like, it was like I woke up every day, I went to work, and I, I took photos of divers during um, all of the dives. And then sometimes in the afternoon, I would have the shark dive, which was, you know, I would be taking photos of people diving with sharks. So that's how I got into it. Um, and like I said, it became my life. And then in 2014, I became an instructor. And then that was like another few years before I actually started teaching. So I worked in the lab for like about four years. Yeah. And then after that, I ended up teaching. So I didn't teach before I did underwater photography. So it was kind of strange. <laughs> I actually taught photography lessons um, before I, I taught open water. So, yeah. <laughs> But that's actually so different because most people get to experience the water first and then they pick up the camera and you yeah. have the camera and then, but it's also beautiful because then you would have connected two parts. There's the, there's the art part of it and then there's the passion. So you, you had gotten the, the art 
perfection part and then you yeah. can meet it with your passion yeah, which right is exactly <laughs> amazing and then, yeah and then i had like a really really good like underwater photography teacher which was allison gomez and he was like really kind of hard on me i mean at the time I, I always felt like he was like complaining about something and now i actually understand why he did it um because I am a minority and I was really good at it and he saw potential so he really pushed me hard to do do things um which I'm happy for because I got to do a lot of really cool like um events and I also got to do be a part of like shark week and you know all of that really cool stuff um my photos have been um you know featured in different online magazine publications so I really, really got a great opportunity working for the data shop, and I'm I'm really grateful for that. Um, in terms of gear, oh, <laughs> I've gotten to use a lot of gear that wasn't even solely mine. It was like I used it because it was a part of the dive shop. So anything from like a 7D, 5D, I think I've even helped out with a red underwater, which was really cool. I never wow. actually owned one. But I did assist with it, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It totally blew my mind. And I thought it would be really heavy underwater, but it was super light. Oh, and that was fun. Um, and the most important thing, I think, with the gear is, like, just find something that, that you're able to use underwater that's not as heavy. And you can still maintain your buoyancy. Yeah. Well, I have a really huge setup that has like strobes and arms and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I would suggest like someone who's starting off that's new, I would say maybe get something that's smaller, like a point and shoot. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you can add like a little light onto it if you want to do video. But yeah. the big, huge camera, it's so hard to travel with. I have like a huge Pelican case that I have to travel with that I kind of have to spend loads of money on if I want to get onto a plane with it because yeah. it's pretty heavy. Yeah. So I would suggest just get something small and then work on your buoyancy because that's something that you're going to need to have, I mean, be really good at before you can get those really nice photos. Yeah. What housing do you use? Um, right now I have a CNC and I use a 7D. Uh, Canon 7D in it. Okay. Um, so it has like uh, two ion strobes attached to it, and that's what I use. I mean, it's a it's a crop sensor. I would like to get like a full frame, but for now, that's what I have. And yeah. honestly, you can have you can produce really great images and video from any camera. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, expensive or you know, it can be anything yeah. really. <laughs> Yeah. So I went through like this massive thing of like looking up um, underwater housings. So when I get into something, I fully go into it. So um, I upgraded my camera. So I've always been in the Canon life, but looking up the different housings and you're just thinking these things cost almost as much as the camera. It's insane. They it do. Is insane. They do. It is crazy. The prices. Um even if you can go on, I've used, I'll give you guys some advice. I've used WetPixel in the past. They have like a classifieds area. Yeah. And I've ordered like um, 
camera housings off of that. I mean, they're used, but some of them, the person has literally only used it once because they were filming on a shoot um, or they just bought it and never used it. So sometimes you can get a good deal on something that's like brand new or out of the box, just used once for less money, you know. Um, and the website is called One Pixel. Wetpixel.com. Wetpixel, okay. No, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. So I've looked through all of your pictures, obviously, um, <laughs> and they just absolutely look so amazing. Like for me, it's, for me, I'm completely inspired, naturally. You know, you're a black woman, you look just like me, and you're absolutely doing these phenomenal things on water. I mean, we're going to talk about conservation. We're going to talk about, you know, the instructing part, but for me to see women like you doing such big things is so incredible. And it just reminds us that every single moment you're able to create yourself. I mean, look, you left the IT industry and you created a whole new world in the ocean. You know, and I mean, that was what, 2014? Yeah. Six years ago? Well, 2012. Yeah. 2012 is when I first started at the dive shop. <laughs> And 2014 was when I became a dive instructor. Yeah. So one last thing about photography. What tip would you give? So here you are, you're a first time person, you're holding your point and shoot. What do you do? Shoot what, up. What, <laughs> shoot up. No, really, shoot up, aim up. It gives this like, I don't know how to explain it, but if you're shooting like front on and you're, you're holding it down like this, you don't get that depth, you know, because you, you want to see, like, the surface in your shots. Yes. It gives, like, that that depth of field. And then you're, like, it's, like, it blows people away. Because then it really shows, like, how deep down you are. And then there's a subject. And then you get that blue in the background. For me, that's that's awesome. Like, I love to, Unless it's a subject that I'm really focusing on for a particular thing, I would always suggest to shoot up, aim up. Um, another thing too, I'll give you guys this tip. I don't always give this out, <laughs> but a lot of people, I don't know, for me, I white balance my camera, so I shoot in white balance. And when I do, I use the sand okay. a lot. People, yeah. A lot of people use like a, a card or some people will use the palm of their hand, but I use the sand to white balance. Wow. The whole, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe that's what gives my image is that that true to like skin color tone. But sure. yeah, that's what I do. So, so I would literally like dive down to the bottom, take a picture of the sand, and use that to white balance my image. If I'm using white balance for images or for video. So your yeah. two tips are always shoot up. It gives you a nice, beautiful depth of feel. And two, use the sand as your white balance. Got it. Um, if you so, have that opportunity. Now, if you're in the deep water, of course you, you can. You would have to use like a, a white slate. Yeah. yeah. So and you would white balance on each depth. So I wouldn't take it at the surface and then white balance up there and then swim down to like 50 feet and try to know. It's going to be different. So you have to take a picture of it at each depth that you're taking an image at. Sure, that's yeah. incredible. Nazoa says, um, so th there's, a, there's a website here in South Africa called Gumtree. 
well, oh. everywhere around the world. And she says that is the place for all camera gear because oh. everything else costs a whole lot of money. I'm burning it down. <laughs> And uh, Haley is just saying she's sending you massive love uh, with all of your photos. <laughs> um, so let's go on to conservation. Okay. So I think that is so incredible. Oh, you, you are doing uh, coral conservation. Yes. Can you tell us That's a little bit more about that? Because, you know, when I saw that you do coral conservation, the first thing I thought was when I went to the Maldives, it was my first time seeing white 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 coral but like minimal fish so oh, the wow. particular island that i was on they had white coral but they didn't have i mean in south africa we've got we've got we've got an impressive bunch of fish in the water so yes. <laughs> not seeing as many fish and um, as much of a variety was a little bit of a step back so that's when i started looking up into coral and how it's been affected by global warming, by people, by everything that we're doing. So tell us about the work that you do in the coral restoration aspect. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit of more information on Reef Rescue Network. So if you want to check them out, the website is periinstitute.org. So um, with the Perry Institute, uh, basically there's a program called the Reef Rescue Network. Mm -hmm. And you as a recreational diver can actually be involved in scientific diving through this network. Wow. Yeah. So um, basically what, it, what we do is we establish nurseries throughout the Bahamas. I think throughout the Caribbean. Um, there might be some other Caribbean islands. If Haley could actually put that in there if she's in here. But we establish nurseries, we maintain them, we manage, um, and we manage with partners. So there's basically dive shops throughout the Bahamas who have partnered with um, Perry Institute of Science, Marine Science, and the Reef Rescue Network to establish coral nurseries um, at their dive sites. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we maintain it, we outplant, um, we train local divers and volunteers um, within the network who, who want to join. And you actually can get certified as a reef rescue diver. Yeah. I'm a reef rescue instructor, so I would be one of those people that would um, train you and then certify you. And it's a really great program. Um, you learn a lot about corals, the threats, uh, why they're important our ecosystems um, and then you get to go hands-on clean the nursery sure. um, yep you learn about them from visual and not just being in the classroom so you swim up to them you see them alive um, you see where we have outplanted them back onto the reef wow. and how that affects the community where we plant them um, and if you get if you want to get deeper into it as a volunteer you can actually go out with us when we populate. So we would go and find a colony that's, um, you know, locally around mm -hmm. the island where, where alcorn or staghorn grows naturally. And we would go and take fragments from that and then populate trees um, as well as outplant them onto the nursery. 
um, sorry, the dive site location. Yeah. So it's it's a very cool program. Um, and for somebody that's a recreational diver, um, it really, really allows you to be in there and able to protect the ocean and its inhabitants. So, you know, it's a, I feel like it's such a great program. Even if you don't, you're not a diver, you can still do like the classroom work. Yeah. So I encourage people that way too. If you're not somebody, well, locally in the community, if you're not a scuba diver, you can still come in and sit in on the class and learn, you know, the actual book work and theory of it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's actually like so incredible. So I have a question. How, how does the surrounding coral, um, it, I, I don't know how to ask the question, but because coral, coral is alive, right? I do yeah. understand to be like, so when these, when these guys who have been um, grown somewhere else and then populated onto them, how does that work? Do they just carry on growing and beautifully onto each other? There's just no issues? And there's well, life that comes? What happens? Um, when it's on the nursery, basically we have an outplanting dive that's specific to just outplanting. So volunteers would come in or the instructors and we would take fragments of a tree. So if it's like hanging off of the tree, <laughs> I'm trying to explain it. <laughs> if it's hanging off of the tree like this and this is the coral, we would cut pieces of it okay. like that. And then we would put it into a basket and we would swim it over to its location or we would bring it up and move it. Um, but in a good way. We're not literally moving it <laughs> rides in water, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Take it to that site that we're out planting it on. And um, we use what's called like an epoxy. Yeah. Um, and we take that and we put it, we clean the surface. And then we put the epoxy down and then the, the, the coral goes on top. So yeah. we attach it manually to the surface or the substrate. Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, this is a question that you actually asked me outside of the live, but um, once the fragment goes onto the reef, you automatically see like damselfish, different small species of wow. fish swimming towards it. And it's kind of like you see them, they're like, oh, it's my room. <laughs> it's my lucky day, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, automatically you see a difference um, once you put a few of them down into a thicket. Um, so, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And it does beautify the area as well yeah. as, you know, it's we're planting something that's going to grow Yeah. Um, in a few months' time. Yeah. If it survives, yeah. <laughs> which and we I'm hope that it yeah. does. Um, sometimes things can affect it. Like we said, the, the climate is changing. The waters are getting a warmer. So a lot of that plays a, a, an effect on if it grows or not. So. Sure, yeah. that's actually so intense. But it's also so exciting. And I mean, I'm going to look up the Perry Institute and see what we're doing in the country. So I often, we dive a lot in, in Sodwana Bay. Ooh. And Sodwana Bay is a marine protected area. So okay. anytime when you're diving there, like the coral is popping. Like everything <laughs> <in> the <water. laughs> 
it sounds so crazy. So, um, but just w- when I've done some of the diving, the mass amount of diving, there's just so much life. I can't imagine a space that where the coral is bleaching out. And sometimes I think that's the difficulty where we end up disconnecting with what, with how the ocean is being affected. Because when we go to the, when we go dive, everything looks beautiful. But sometimes the change is little by little by little by little by little. Mm-hmm. And like five years later, you're like, I, yeah. I never saw this coming. Or 10 years later, I never saw this coming, which is the scary yeah. bit. I've seen that happen in my lifetime to a lot of dive sites that I've, you know, dived when I was younger and now that I'm older, it's like you go there and it's like barren, it's like nothing. So um, it is a, a huge effect. Like you can literally see it with your own eyes. And like you said, as it's happening, it's small, so you can't really see it. Yeah. Which is why we have to push marine protected areas um, because of that reason. Um, it might be you can't see it with your own eyes, but it's actually happening. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah. really do think that a lot of places around the world need to implement marine protected areas for that yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about scuba diving and instructing. Are you doing okay. a lot of that? Because so, from what it sounds like, it sounds like you're doing a lot of the science aspects a lot of the conservation are you are you doing a lot of teaching as an instructor or you're you're just well (laughs) with the teaching now it's it slowly became more of rescue (laughs) yeah the rescue network um in terms of open water because i don't work at the dive shop anymore yeah you know i haven't really been teaching a lot of open water courses but yeah. more continuous education, yes. Oh, Haley says, uh, outplanted corals then spawn, which helps with natural recovery. We also mix coral genetics to increase resilience. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> so, so, so now essentially we've got GMO corals, genetically yeah. <laughs> modified corals. Wow, that is so scary. <laughs> but I mean, it's... Honestly, it has to happen for the resilience aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lady Leals, <laughs> Lady Leals is asking, Katie, have you taken up any extra courses to learn more about conservation and marine biodiversity? Um, I haven't recently in the past year or so, um, which I'm now looking into more programs for marine biology work. Um, I found some stuff online, but if anybody has any suggestions on um, what to what programs I should try, um, yeah. I've looked up a lot of free courses, um, but I have also been thinking about going back to school <laughs> to either get an associate's or a bachelor's. Okay. Um, in yes. Okay. Um, okay, so I want to talk about Sharks for Kids. I love, <laughs> so I, I love everything that you're doing there, and I just, tell us about it, tell us about it. I see that they've been going on for as long as I've been alive. No, I'm not 13, but still, tell us about it. <laughs> well, here's the, the video. Um, so, guys, if you want to visit Shark for Kids, it's www.shark4.com kids.com okay 
Um, so even if you're a teacher, you can actually go on there. They have a portal where you can go. There's a lot of different things you can. I'm on it now just so I can give you guys more information. But yeah. there is a portal for teachers. So if you are a teacher within the, I mean, it goes straight up from elementary to like high school. Um, there's, there's curriculum. Um, there's coloring sheets, activities, crafts. Uh, shark posters, plaques, things you wow. can print out and put in your classroom. There's tons of things, and it's all free. Um, wow. Then they also have outreach programs where they go into the ocean and interact with sharks um, in the water. So it's, it's full on. It's like really cool. Um, they're in the U.S., but they also have a location in Germany, and I've just became one of their ambassadors. <laughs> So, yeah, so basically I have an assignment every month, and it's, it's very cool. Like, I can go into schools and read to kids. I can do presentations um, on behalf of Shark for Kids. Yeah. Um, but I think their main goal, basically, is to bring back that educational, uh, like, a fun way of learning in the classroom about sharks in general. Yeah. Um, because I think that's lost people tend to see all of this stuff on the media and then it becomes like, oh my God, sharks. So, you know, so it's false information that's being put out there. And because we're being programmed watching television, um, it then becomes this, I'm afraid of a shark versus I need sharks to exist. You know, yeah. so um, we need to now switch that narrative because now it's becoming a thing where everybody's saying it and doing it. And it's even been said, um, jokingly like people joke about it but you know it's a serious thing I don't think that they should get such a bad rap that they do yeah. in media and in education yeah. um, so instead of teaching children to fear them we need to teach children how to love and respect them and understand why we need them yeah. um, so that's that's what Shark for Kids is about and if you want more information, like I said, you can just visit the website. I'll send that over to you, too, so you can send and it out. <laughs> awesome. I think um, the one thing that made me so passionate about it is, so in South Africa, what you find as a, like a continuous thing, some of the communities that live around the ocean aren't active divers. So, like, many people will travel to the ocean, but generally the communities aren't as intensely you know, they're not scuba divers, so the knowledge about the ocean, the knowledge about the marine life, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it's minimal to almost nothing. So when I looked at that, shark for, uh, at that shark for Kids work, I thought at the end of the day, we need to be creating more ocean advocates. As, and the, the younger you can start them, it means right. that we're going to have you know, the whale shark population is going to come back in South Africa. You know, all of these incredible animals that we love, that we know that they'll be protected for years and years to come. So seeing that is like phenomenal because I can even send it to my sister so that right. she can do it with my nieces. And, um, and obviously, even with Freediving ZA, we're looking to get back into schools. We want to get little people to get excited about the ocean. Even though they might, even though they might not live directly next to it, um, but the idea says you are able to create um, an ally 
an ocean ally. That's essentially what we're looking for. We want to know that the, the, the soldiers are a million and we're all going to protect the ocean. So I love, I love, love, love it. Uh, exactly. Because what I look, how I look at it is, you know, kids are sponges. Like they can literally like absorb so much in their brains. Like, you know, and then they go back and tell their parents, Oh, this is what I learned today. You know, so it's a way of getting that information into the household um, and and into the adults because now the kids are talking about it. Yeah. You know, and then the kid, the, the parents want to talk about it too after they see how excited the kids are. So yeah, it is a great way to get information out through children. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely going to be scarring the internet. You know, the sharks for life, the shock for life internet, just to get those coloring in spaces just to get um, all of that educational material because at any point uh, there's always a great opportunity to learn. Yes, so I agree. Actually, as you can see, it's getting dark this side. It's almost nighttime. But oh, really? <laughs> which is, which what is, time is it there? It is 20 to 6, 20 to 6 in the evening. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's just morning here. It's 11.38. It's crazy. I have, I have a friend in uh, Bermuda, and every single time we chat, uh, it'll be like, I'll be, I'll be saying something like, oh, I'm watching the sunset. It's like I'm having lunch. Like, what do you even mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I absolutely love what, what I wanted us to close on and just chat a little bit about because you know we're both black women and we're being affected by everything that's going on in the world yeah um, i wanted to hear what you, you know what your thoughts are on black lives matter first you tell me what you think about black lives matter and then we'll chat about <laughs> the post because it really touched my heart <laughs> okay well it depends on which post because i think i did a few of them okay. but in terms of the Black Lives Matter, I think it's, it's such a sensitive topic, which is kind of like, I'm not silent about it, but I really do watch what I say um, because people can get really sensitive and it can become controversial. Yeah. So the way I feel about it is I, I don't agree on the whole violence, but I do understand why it's happening yeah. um, because basically it's been happening for such a long time yeah. now everybody's kind of like they were silent and now it's like you're fed up you know that point that point where it's like the kettle is boiled over and it's like you're like I can't take it anymore that's yeah. that's basically what's happening now yeah. um, but I do feel as if because I am an influence in some way that I should be using my voice to either talk about it in a, in a way that people can relate, um, also to help others that are affected by it directly. And that's why I made the post because a lot of people actually came to me for advice and came to me based on something that happened. And they were looking for somebody to mediate. They were looking for someone to comfort them yeah. so that's why I wrote the post yeah. um, and honestly I'm done being quiet about it too because I have had situations in this industry where I didn't 
get a job because I was black or because I was a woman or someone has said something indirectly to me. And then later on that day when I wasn't busy doing what I was doing, I, I actually comprehended and realized, wait, that's racist, you know? (laughs) So it's, it's such a sensitive topic, but the way I feel about it now is like, we need to stand up and we need to do this together. Yeah. The time is now. Yeah. And before, you know, we would just kind of like, like each other's posts and, you know, maybe write a little comment, but now is the time to have those conversations together and to do this kind of stuff, like have a live conversation, talk about it, put it out there um, yeah. and really talk to those who are, who are affected by them, by that and encourage them yeah. or just, just be that listening air because that's what it is. Like a lot of people don't have somebody that's going to sit there and listen to them as they vent, you know, yeah. that's, that's the issue. Nobody's, nobody's listening. And that's why I created the post. Um, it was basically a major influencer that spoke out about it. Yeah. And it was selfish what she did. Um, she posted. She said what she said. And then uh, the black community of divers came under the post. And they were basically trying to educate her about it. Not being rude. They were just trying to educate her about it. And she got upset and she deleted the entire post. Yep. So what that did was, it's funny because I don't know her. And a lot of the people that were underneath the post, I didn't know them, but they follow me. And so they looked up to me for, as that representation within the community. And they came in my inbox and they were like basically talking about it. And it happens like really early in the morning. And so I didn't end up seeing it until the the following day. And I was shocked. You know, I saw the messages. I'm like, whoa, what are all these messages? And then I kind of, she's the the girl who sent some of the stuff. She sended me all the the screenshots and all of that. And I was able to really like research into it. And it, it totally like my day was like thrown off. Sure. Um, I cried it really like messed with me emotionally because I felt where she was coming from. And, and all it was, was she just wanted to be a voice that was heard and to educate somebody as to why, what is going on now is happening. Yeah. You know, and it's hard when you have a mentor, somebody that you look up to and you've always looked up to them. And then they do something like that and they're unapologetic about it. They don't see where they were wrong. Um, and you're trying to help them and they refuse that, yeah. you know, and that can be discouraging. That can yeah. hurt, yeah. you know, because for some people, you don't know what they're going through and you don't know how, what their situations are like living where they are. Um, for a lot of people, they might come to my page and look at me as an inspiration and maybe I'm the only person that they have. So I would never do something like that. Yeah. You know, it was just when I read it, I was like, oh, man, this is this is horrible. And I even unfollowed the person because that person was a mentor to me for years and years and years. And then it just she just did that. And I was like, wow, that's that's discouraging, you know. And it's so intense, right? Because now all of a sudden, when someone is not willing to hear you mm-hmm. and essentially that means they are not seeing the light through which you're trying 
you've come there for a little bit of light and they can't give you that light and they don't see you and they don't recognize right. you. You need to then de- disassociate, but in the disassociating is it hurts because you're losing someone that you have valued for so mm-hmm. long, which then begs the question of you know, where do you go? You know, if this was your little bit of light, where do you go? Right. So when, when you say, um, you know, I cried about it, I can, I can 100% um, relate to that because being in the diving industry and the space not being as diverse, um, as diverse or as, yeah, it's, it's not a very... No, it's very small. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it, <laughs> It, it, it's not very representative of all no. ethnicities that there are. No. So, so when you go through a little bit of um, challenges, I so I don't cry a lot, but every so often when I go through something that is racial, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always just find myself crying about it because there's a part that says there's a world that you are living and loving, and then there's just this little space where you're trying to be this little yeah. right. and, and But this brings me to your post. So I think your post said something like, um, when I came into this industry, I looked for more people that, were, that looked like me, and I, and I quickly realized that I had to become my own hero. That sat with me. I was just like, chick, wait, what? <laughs> Band, tell us, tell us what it means to be your own hero, because I just, I vibe that so hard. Well, I'll tell you about the experience with that. Um, yeah, like when I first started in scuba diving, I really did look because at, at that time I didn't even know about NABs, um, and I still think a great deal of people don't. Um, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know about there was like an association for black people diving. Mm. I didn't know anything about that, and I don't even think at that time it was fully established or anything like that. But yeah. I looked and I searched, and I was like, okay, I can't find one person. Like I, I found a few people that were black scuba divers, but none that were mentors or like, you know, like that had, were people that you can look up to in that category. Like, you know what I mean? That were doing things for their community, that were a part of conservation groups, this and that. Um, I really only found recreational divers and I followed them all. Like I literally was like, oh, she's black, she's black. And I followed (laughs) And it was, it was strange because, I mean, in the Bahamas, we're predominantly black. So I was diving with black people every day, but it was just, I wanted to find somebody that was around the world, that was traveling and scuba diving, that, you know, that dives with sharks, that did free diving, that, that was adventurous. And I just, I couldn't find that. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to create this platform for that. Um, and it was hard because at that time, social media wasn't like a really a big thing. It was like just Facebook, you know. Um, but so what I did was I started off with my leading my dives. When I did lead dives or when I did teach, I would always be that person that I would look up to. I love that. So, yeah. So that's what I would do. I'm like, you know, when you teach, you want to be, you want to represent that person that you would want to be. So essentially that's why I said hero. 
um and you would want your students to come back and you would want them to remember you to this day i have students that still send me emails and they're like hey do you remember you taught me and i'm like hey yeah, and it's it's so many of them that sometimes I'm like, okay, uh, no, reminds me of who you are, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, so that's why I did that, and now it's like it's became a thing for me. Like I'm like constantly searching for people like me, yeah. Um, because around me, I do have a lot of. I don't even know why this is a thing but skin color shouldn't matter. But I do have a lot of white friends who yeah. are scuba divers and I love them. I don't look at them like, oh, she's white, she's white, she's from this country, she's, from, you know, no. Like literally they're my family. Yes. Um, if I didn't have Haley, if I didn't have Alex, if I didn't have Gigi, you know, I literally would be like, oh my God, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I don't look at the fact that we have different skin colors, but I would like for there to be more people for, for for that younger generation to see that, okay, it's okay for a black person or a colored person to be in this space, yes. you know, like it's okay for them to be a mermaid or it's okay for them to become a scuba diver or a marine biologist or even any type of scientist, you know, cause that's something that I think is lacking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, can totally understand why that touched you because <laughs> it, it did me too and it still does it still does give me goosebumps to say that um yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm 100% with you because it's just like when I started diving I mean I started so I'm still a baby to this whole space I started diving in 2016 okay. and I could tell you and I've I've done a lot of dives since like like a lot of dives. And wow. on every single dive, on every single boat, I'm always the only black person. Always. We're always. Just and, and sometimes that sometimes gets difficult because then there's those weird moments where something weird is said and you're like, This is awkward. You know? And yes. it's, it's oh my like <laughs> and, and absolutely you're right that at the end of the day, you know, you you, you don't step onto a boat and be like I'm the only black person, or I'm the only yes. white person. You, you're another diver on the boat. Yes. We're all divers, you know? Yes. And we all love the sea. We're all going to the same church, which is the ocean. And then we're all going to be dropped off and picked up at the same spot. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an importance in just, you know, in us. One, we need to grow the space that actually encourages the little, the younger generation to say, yes. hey, you know, the ocean is yours too. And especially here. People mm-hmm. often say black people don't dive, black people don't swim, and and I'm also working to change that. Okay. And in many spaces, we're working to say, um, you are able to dream bigger than you currently dream. You can dream with a fishtail. Can you imagine that? You know, it's kind <laughs> of crazy and it's exciting, and that's the work that we have to do. I see there's like a few. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for all the hearts that are coming up. I can see all of them. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, this is beautiful. people, I know. <laughs> More representation to inspire and just to put this on a people of color radar. I just mm-hmm. read a post today saying as of 2015, only 8% of American scuba diving community is black. We all need to work towards this changing like Katie is doing. Absolutely, Haley, yes. I agree. 
And I think, and I think that's the most important thing, right? We all become allies and we all kind of have to check ourselves because I put a post yeah. up that said, at the end of the day, we need to check ourselves. You know, what am I doing that makes the space smaller for the other or it feels mm. as though they are a guest to the space. So right. as, the, as the space is getting, as it's growing and as we are getting more representation, I think it's so important that we're all always cognizant of the other who might have not always been there where our words and our actions don't push people away, I think. Right. And it's, yeah. it's, it's funny, like, you say that too. Like, another thing that I want to touch on is, like, it's, it's even smaller of a minority when you're black and you're a woman. Like, it gets smaller, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's, it's just, it, it can be intimidating to some people. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I do this is because I want people to see, hey, you know, you can be a woman and, do, and be in this industry and thrive. And you can teach others. You can, you know, you can do these things. You can do the same thing that I do. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing stopping you from doing that if you want, um, especially if you're a woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the guys was saying to me, I'm currently learning how to spearfish. So in South Africa, you don't spear on scuba. So you can no. only spear <laughs> on break hole. So, yeah. um, and one of the guys said to me, you have to tell me how you got here. Like, I understand, I, it's, I mean, I'm not asking as a weird thing, but one, you're a woman. I know many men who will not come and spear, you know, in the ocean just because they're afraid. <laughs> and one, you're not only a woman, but you're a black woman. And you just have to, you know, you have to, you have to tell me the how. And kind of having that discussion is also okay, right? Because he's saying, mm -hmm. listen, and he's just, He's placing it on the table. I've never in my life, you need to tell me how you got to this moment. And I think it's beautiful to have more and more of those conversations where you have one, an opportunity to educate, but two, yes. to make people realize that maybe they do have an ignorance or a block towards certain things because maybe, they, maybe he didn't know it until I pitched up and he was like, why am I shocked? You know, you have <laughs> yes. to ask yourself a question. Why am I shocked in order for you to grow and expand? Yeah. Because it means that the next little Zandi or the next little Katie that pitches up with her little spear gun, you're going to be like, well, I should tell you a story. The first time I saw you. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. But anyway, I'm sure of it. <laughs> can you believe we've been chatting for an hour? Can you believe What? It, it does not feel like an hour. We definitely have to um continue this conversation off camera absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and talk <Give> more <laughs> often <laughs> and just encourage each other i see yes. everyone coming through uh let's work together and change the stats absolutely yes. difficult when you're a woman of color and the senior on the boat and your guests look to the white guy on the boat as the authority of the boat oh no, oh, no. Even after you've introduced yourself as the, as the leader. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah, that. You know, yes. Kirsten, Kirsten, we are doing the work every single day. I think it's just a reminder to always just be incredibly diligent in what you do. You know, being the amazing woman that you are. And people will right. realize. And I think your, your colleague also needs to be an ally, right? Here's the, here's mm -hmm. the ally moment. To turn around right. and be like, 
she's leading it. She right. Her, she's the boss. She's the captain. She's the exactly. I think you need to um, call on your colleague to be an ally as we are having. You know, this is actually some of the greatest time to have these deep discussions because it begs the question: What does it mean to be an ally? And if you're on my team, what does that look like? Right. You know? Like, yes, definitely have that conversation with them, especially if you guys are working together as a team. You know, because you don't want to have that like separation there, especially when you're dealing with guests. You know, yeah. you need to be as close as possible and as able to work together. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have a team when I was leading dives or working on a dive boat, you know, because it's a team effort and you always need them, especially if there's an emergency. So, you know, you need to have strike up that conversation and it doesn't even have to be like at work. It could be in a setting where it's like a group setting. So it becomes a conversation between everybody, you know, and not so much directed at one person. You know, because sometimes people, when you do that, they they tend to feel as if you're pointing fingers at them or you're playing the blame game thing. So maybe have a conversation about it in a group setting and see where that goes, you know? That's actually, I love that. And, and, And I think obviously when you have it in a group setting, then no one can get defensive. It's not directed at anybody. They're kind of open to it. And the open discussion kind of makes it feel less directed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, but, even when you open that conversation up in a huge group setting, that means you can then have the conversation at a later date. Maybe when you guys are paired together on a dive boat, you can say, hey, you know, just wanted to talk about some stuff before we disembark or before the guests get here or, you know, like have that conversation now that it's already open. In the open, sorry. Yeah. Katie, mm-hmm. we are fully an hour in. Thank you so much for chatting with okay. us. It was so awesome. Yes, it was. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate you. I, I hope we get to do it again. And I'm so encouraged. Yes. I'm, I'm still, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm encouraged by you. Keep doing the work that you're doing. And we're all rooting for you. And you have to come to South Africa. Um, I will. We're going to talk about that because I've always exactly. wanted to come. <laughs> awesome stuff. Bye, Haley. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. And that's a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed this live. Please do let me know your thoughts and any recommendations if there's anyone that you'd like me to speak to. And if you're an underwater photographer, did you find any of these tips helpful? See you next week. Cheers.